It's Thursday, Thursday, Thursday! Prepare to have your minds annihilated as Patreon proudly presents the Creators Collective Podcast, featuring the Breaker of Boards, James Wright, the Melder of the Metal, Zach Herber Holt. And the leveler of lumber, William Walker. The first five live listeners will get the free special bonus of having their questions answered on air. Now on with the mayhem. And we're back for another exciting week of the Creators Collective. We are going to have another fun time today. (laughs) This is episode number 83. And uh, we're recording early this week uh, because I'm going to be gone. We'll we'll talk about that for a little bit here. Um, I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon, especially to our top patrons, uh, Darren Mates, Caleb Harris Harris of You Can Make This Too, John from John Made It. Thank you, guys. Uh, You are really helping us take this podcast to the next level. So if you'd like to help out with that, you can uh, find out more information at patreon.com backslash creators collective. Also, you can now listen to us on iTunes, Google play and SoundCloud. We're uploading to that and uh, looking forward to seeing you wherever the cool people are. You can join us live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Usually (laughs) at uh, Eastern time. And we will record live on YouTube and uh, you can see our faces and join in the chat that's where we get a lot of the questions and uh, banter about what we're talking about. Also, if you have some question you'd like to send it to us, uh, feel free to email one of the three of us or send it to uh, our social media pages. So that's about it for uh, what we have going on. Zach, what you got? Um, well, I just got back in town Tuesday. What is today? Today's Wednesday. So I got back in town yesterday uh, after being gone for a week. So uh <laughs> Yeah, it it just still doesn't feel like home. I was up in the Northwest, so I grew up in Spokane, and I I went up there for some uh, uh, funeral services and stuff. But um, it was was good to to be back up in kind of that area, and I'm really, uh, really excited to move back up there. So hopefully next year. What's that? (laughs) Um, Yeah, hopefully hopefully that'll come through. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why I wasn't there uh, last week, and yeah, so it's good to be back. I'm out of the groove, take a week off. And- Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, good. I just turned down all, all video quality, all everything. Um, I feel like a crazy person right now. You look um, like one. I oh, thank you. It's been a long day. Um, I am in the middle of juggling all the subcontractors uh, for this pool that we're putting in. I just met with a plumber um, and we walked through everything and elevations and all for yada, yada, yada. Uh, so just trying to wrap my head around everything that needs to happen within the next two weeks. Um, finally, finally, finally got to turning the pedestal bases. Uh, finally got to turning the pedestal bases for the Bible and man, they are big, but once I got them roughed into, uh, actual cylinders, the, turning something that big is a lot of fun. Um, can anyone hear me? Yeah, you're fine. I think we can. Yeah. It's, I, I think we're getting about like 70% of what you're saying. Yeah, it'll be a little <laughs> annoying for the live people, but, uh, those yeah. getting the podcast will get the Zincaster. But they'll be annoyed by me laughing at what is seemingly nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I finished that live edge bench I was working on. I did go with a mulberry top white oak base, um, and that is up for sale currently uh, for anyone that wants it. Um, I got a new uh, Grizzly G1015, uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot bigger than I thought. Uh, when I when I got it, it looks like just a regular bench grinder, but then when you get it in real in real life, it's about ninety pounds. Wow! And it's it's huge. Like it's think of a bench grinder, and then think of one like three times bigger than that. What that size, size are the weevils? Uh, it's a ten inch wheel uh, drive wheel. So I've been playing with that, and and I you saying Zach about um, knife grinding and like how it just takes practice and it's not as easy as it looks to mm-hmm. get nice pebbles. Uh, so I've just been playing with mild steel just to try to get like good technique, um, so I don't trash nice steel. Um, but I'm really excited about it. It's really cool. Uh, I could see it being. Uh, I can see me getting in, into knife making pretty hard. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm just juggling. I think I have. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good one. Uh, I'm juggling about 25 different projects that I've like halfway filmed half of them. Uh, so I'm kind of in this video ADD right now. But yeah, why don't I stop talking because my connection's so terrible? And James, what are you? <laughs> well, um, right now I am I'm scrambling. I'm trying to get three video. I'm trying to get six videos shot in two days uh, because tonight at midnight I am leaving to drive to Michigan uh, for the National Midwest Tool Collectors Association meet. And uh, this is like one of the big exciting times of the year for me. Because, uh, well, imagine for a second, an entire parking lot full to the brim with pickup trucks and other types of trucks completely filled with hand tools for sale. And most of them at reasonable to fantastic prices. Uh, Basically, every hand tool you've ever imagined from hand planes and chisels to saws and anvils. And, uh, I mean, there'll be entire trucks of nothing uh, nothing but forging mallets. Uh, or hammers, wow. I guess they're called. Um, just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of tools for sale. And that's Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday, we go inside, and it's a like a basketball court completely packed with tables covered in hand tools. Um, and so it's, it's, it is the biggest hand tool event of the year. <laughs> so I'm happy and excited. <laughs> <clears throat> I usually spend way too much money, but uh, if if anyone can't make, I'm going to be on Instagram posting up pictures and videos of this. And if you see something, you're like, "Ooh, I would love to have that." Um, let me know. If I have enough money on hand, uh, I might pick it up and mail them to people if they need it. Uh, but now that I've opened this up, I'll probably get uh, way too many people asking for it. Um, but you really gotta you gotta look at these because uh, there's they do two of them a year. Um, so they do one in June and one in September, I think is the other one. Um, and they're well worth it. People drive and fly from all over the world to come to these because it's just one of those places where if, if you're looking for that tool and you can't find it anywhere, it's there. Um, so worth it. So, uh, see, other than that, I, today made a bread knife. I made a breadboard. I made a jewelry box. Uh, I did laser engraving on several plaques. By Um, hand? Yes, yes, I had a hand crank laser generator. 
<laughs> uh, no, I actually take them to the uh, the local uh, makerspace, and I'm not going to have a video on those, but uh, it's a, a project for a camp that'll be at next week. Um, and then I'm also doing some sandblasting for another project for them. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm fairly busy at the moment. <laughs> That's good. Are you losing your voice? Uh probably because I've been talking to the camera all day. That and I have a little bit of a sinus thing. So yeah. Hey last week and then i'll be going up there again this week um, so we volunteer up there and then our kids get uh free weeks of camp so huh, speaking, cool. speaking of losing your voice uh talking and yada yada, yada um i do i sound okay i turn like so every day off. You're, yeah, okay. you're good you're good at the moment okay um Zach, you recommended a, a face mask a while back for bearded people um i've got the 3M, like the normal with the regular cartridges on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've got an RZ mask, which is okay, but it, it fits under my face shield when I'm turning. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've been dealing with a lot, a lot of walnut um, and turning and sanding, and it's just harsh, harsh on my neck. Uh, what, what mask did you recommend? Ooh, I don't know the exact model number. Um, I, I can see if I can pull it up on my Amazon. Did I? I wonder if I ordered it off Amazon. I think I did. Uh, I think it was a 3M and it was a large. There we go. Found it. That's like the best thing about Amazon <laughs> is how you can search your orders and yeah. find exactly what you purchased. Um, I ordered. Let me see here. 3M full face piece reusable here i'll just give i'll send you my affiliate link it is the 6900 um yeah so it's a full face and it works really well i mean it's still not 100 percent of a seal but it is significantly better than the uh the half face respirator so one of the the things that i think about when when looking at respirators especially with with the beard is what are you wanting to filter out um, because most of the times the respirator, uh, you know, it's, it's major design is not particulate. It's major design is molecular. Um, in other words, uh, compounds from chemical processes. Yeah. They have, they have different filters for most of them. You can well, get. What, what I'm saying is that going to be too much of an issue because it, uh, the, the amount of particulate that can make it through there is almost negligible. Um, so unless you're, unless yeah. you're actually trying to filter out something that is smaller the organic compounds are like the, the ones that you yeah. usually want like the, and that's what I, I bought mine for when I was painting my truck because yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the urethanes and stuff are horrible. I mean, you can actually smell yourself dying when you spray that stuff. It yeah. is, <laughs> it is terrible. It's not going to cause a problem coming through your beard. No, I mean, I feel it. it makes it through. It. like i feel it in my throat and in my nose and hmm. really like after i'm done yeah like it's like i don't know if my beard is that majestic and that thick, <laughs> I, I was gonna the other way i was gonna say maybe you need to work on your beard <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, um, out there sanding today with one on with the beard and it's no problem at all hmm. no i just i just feel like i felt cruddy i mean i had probably like a three hour lathe session followed by like sanding at 500 rpms on these pedestals as a warrior and i just it just felt like like crap. i know have, have i know been fit for one have i been fit for one yes. like do i go to the to the face mask boutique and have them fit me yeah you just well, use yeah, the same actually you just use the same sizes. gauges that they use to measure your feet you just put the bar on your chin yes <laughs> 
No, the, the, the mask size actually makes a huge, huge difference in actually having the right size to your face. And it's not like they're listed as small, medium, and large, um, but they're they're not exactly small, medium, and large. They're actually fit for face shape as not as opposed to just general size. I, um, I so have different a face shapes have different um, different connection points. I have an above average head size. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not about size. It's actually about the shape. So do you have a long pointy chin? Do you have, you know, a prominent uh, uh, jawline? Um, and so different right. shapes uh, fit different mass differently. And those can actually make a very large difference. When I was at my, my last job, that was something we had to go in once a year and actually get uh, it sized. Because so, head shape changes regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know that they use like the tests and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know one really hack way if you're like desperate is you can goop yourself up with like Vaseline. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, have fun with that, but it, nah. it, it is an option. Um, you also make a, they make a goatee trimmer that you, it's actually a, a, a cup you put in your mouth and you bite a little tongue inside of it and it'll give you a perfect outline that you can cut a goatee that fits inside the respirator. Hmm. Wait, are, you, are you serious? That's a yes. thing? <laughs> I used to have one. Uh, <laughs> It, like yeah. circa circa two thousand. Is that like the floby for like industrial jobs? <laughs> Did it come with like uh, those those uh, tiny round Oakley sunglasses? Like a weird looking cup with a, with a tongue inside, and you bite the tongue and suck it up against your face. That's, That's weird. That is weird. So Zach, on your full face uh, respirator, um, that actually might be cool for. Like the as using a face mask for turning, do you know if that uh, the glass is impact resistant at all? I'm sure it is. It's like plastic stuff. Okay, it's probably um, the same stuff. That, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're fine. Uh, the cartridges okay. are. I mean, I thinking by the just the particulate filters are probably cheaper than the organic ones. But um, mm-hmm. I know when you're not using it, same probably goes for every respirator. I always seal mine back in a plastic bag because those filters do like, especially the things with the charcoal filters in them. Like they will actually just, if they're just sitting in open atmosphere, they'll, they'll uh, wear out. So you want to keep those sealed up when you're not using them. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I realized that topic for enough. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We do have a question uh, from the chat. Uh, Jim Rumsey. Did I that wasn't that, actually say that, that wasn't bad. That was yeah. a good bad. <laughs> I'm so I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yes, a uh, question about uh, what about making a table gluing half inch hickory to three quarter inch plywood to make it thicker? And he uh, he elaborated on it a little bit later, saying, "I have some thickery. Uh, I have some thickery. There, that's there you go. That's what it's called. Boom. I have some hickory. I'm planning on joining and planing them and getting little thin and looking to make." 10 foot table. So I'm guessing what he has is half inch thick hickory that he yes. wants to glue to a plywood to make, cause you don't want to yeah. make a table out of half inch. So he, he, he read that. Yeah. As he wrote that, um, he's saying that he, after planning and, and joining them, um, it ended up being a lot thinner than he intended. Um, yeah. People do it all the time. The, the only thing you have to be careful of is make sure that the, moisture level of the plywood and the hickory are very similar um, because if the plywood is wetter or drier, it will either suck moisture out of the hickory or add moisture to the hickory, um, causing the hickory to expand and contract at a different rate than the plywood. 
thus creating a potato, a potato chip. Uh, mm -hmm. But once they're glued together, if they're a similar moisture, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. And I also might recommend like birch plywood and not just like yes. CDX. Or... <laughs> CDX. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's it's a pain to you know buy a fifty dollars sheet of plywood and then cover it with something, um, but it really does make a difference. But that like birch plywood. If you're making a ten foot long table, it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I don't really see any problem with that unless you're like going you know, six foot wide table. Um, it would have to be pretty massive to have a, a difference of expansion and contraction between the, the plywood and the hickory. Yeah. And you could even, I mean, you could even, if you have enough hickory, you could even do top and bottom um, to do like half inch, three quarter, and then another half inch. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an inch and three quarters thick and just, you know, wrap the, the sides in hickory to hide the plywood. Um, then that might, you know, moisture issue that James is talking about. If you've got equally wet or dry hairy sandwiching, yeah. you know, birch, yeah. it would just whatever same you reason make why sure I, you finish uh, the plywood. Uh, if, if it's just plywood underneath, make sure you finish underneath because you want to have the finish all the way around. Otherwise, if it's not finished on the bottom, then more moisture will come and go from the bottom, causing the bottom to warp at a different rate than the top. I was going to say, yeah, that's the same thing as like any, like a normal solid wood tabletop. You yeah. always finish the top and bottom and it's, and it's not to protect the bottom, but it's to, to control moisture, uh, Indian, uh, moisture, humidity. I've just seen some people uh, who would do, um, like anything with plywood. They're like, Oh, the bottom, it's just plywood. I don't want to spend the time to finish it. It's not worth it. Well, it's not that it's not worth it. It's just, it's, it's changing how much moisture is coming and going from the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, there's a bar that I used to go to, uh, and they had, you know, uh, renovated the bar. You know, they closed for a few weeks and renovated the bar. Um, and then the, there's the grand opening, and there's a brand new bop um, that I think was, I think it was just like a general contractor did it and didn't bring in, you know, like a cabinet guy or you know a furniture maker or something, uh, and did the whole bar top but didn't finish the the bottom of the bar top and so as the relative humidity changed the whole bar top warped and so it was convex uh and so there's certain parts of the bar where you know someone would you know be talking to somebody and then someone would walk in and so they'd set their beer down to, to greet the person that walked in and it would just slide all the way off and hit the floor <laughs> nice <laughs> and it was like yeah we need to fix this <laughs> that's the the same thing if you're uh if you've if you've milled up all your lumber and you're about to start your joinery, don't set your lumber flat on a surface, um, mm -hmm. because what'll happen is if you let it overnight and you set one side flat on a surface, that surface won't get any air. And if there's any moisture change from day to night, particularly if you're working in a garage, you'll come in the next morning and your board, which you perfectly planed to the exact thickness, is now a potato chip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had that. Mm -hmm. I've had <laughs> I've had that happen. <laughs> Yeah. When I started the podcast, before James hit record, he said, are you ready, guys? And Zach goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, do we have another, any other questions from anyone? I don't think we do. Oh, man. What are we going to talk about? Oh, we've got lots to talk about still. <laughs> oh, we have the oh, – oh, oh, that's right. We're not doing the Creator's Photo Challenge this week because we did that uh, last week. That's right. Oh, Zach, uh, you don't – do you know the Photo Challenge? Zach? The Whatever. Theme. Whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Rule of thirds. I can see it on our list. No, uh, it's, it's it's texture. Oh, 
Well, you guys need to update that list. list. That'd be lost. What seven or eight? I met Johnny Brook last week. I forgot to do it on this Monday. Yeah, it's it's going. It's it's moving under its own power now. So I did it. I did it. On Bellingham, Washington. I would love to hear your opinion because of all the places we've looked into that uh i mean i grew up on eastern washington or in eastern washington northern idaho and portland uh bellingham seems pretty cool so right now that's kind of number one on our list so if anybody has any thoughts on that i thought bellingham bellingham really what for uh well that's where grizzlies based oh yeah that oh oh that's cool yeah they've got the two show they've got the two showrooms there's one in uh springfield the, the main one. And Where's a uh, Springfield? <laughs> it's in Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's where uh, that's where Grizzly's based. And so um, my guy is building his dream home right now. And he says once it's done, he wants to have to play in a crazy awesome shop. Nice. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But he has to fix his house first. Hmm. Yeah. But you might be out there by then. I don't know. We can like I can we're, double up. We're hoping one year from now. We're hoping by next June. So from today, it was so nice to be out in the woods again and have mountains and yes. Oh my god! Like weather that was hospitable. <laughs> it was unreal. So, are you guys ready for the joke of the week? Let's do it. It uh, wouldn't whistle. <laughs> god, that's so stupid. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> that's like the uh, like I feel like I've been talking about it for a year uh, but uh, since I had the knife grinder at the end of the day I've been practicing my, my knife grinds on cheap steel and realizing that I absolutely suck at it uh, so I've been watching a lot of Walter Sorrells um, huh, this is Walter Sorrells say we're going yeah. in half Oh, he's, he's like, not that bad. No, he's, he's very, he's very, he is George Bush's like brother. <laughs> See, I find him more tips for the knife maker. Yeah. And um, like with the awesome, I mean, I, he, his videos are really, they have this really great 90s vibe to them. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, first is jigs, and I, I'm leaning towards doing more freehand because it sounds like you know, if you get used to a jig, then I don't know. And uh, it, I like to I, do things part I, the best way, I guess. I don't know. I I have some input on this actually because I just went through the same thing. First off, I'm curious: did you get a belt grinder? Or did you get like a like a big wheel grinder? Like, does it have a the, belt, or is it like a actual like a grinder? So with it's a, a it's a little it's a it's uh it's pretty unique actually. Um, it's a two by seventy two grinder. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it looks like a giant. Uh, it looks like a giant bench grinder, but it's got a contact wheel and drive wheel, um, a 10-inch drive wheel on the bottom, and then the idle wheel um, is on a, you know, a tensioned thing. Okay, so it's a 2 by 72 that was my question. Yeah, but it's only got two points instead of three points. So do, you it's got a, a, do you have a platen, or is it just, are you grinding off the wheel? Yeah. No, 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 you can, it has a flat platen, so you're not doing all hollow. Grinding. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Um, I, I've been really, I've, I've been doing like a bevel a day for, I was doing, I, sh- I started doing some freehand and it was just really hard. I mean, they worked, but they weren't pretty. 
And then I found this thing called the bubble jig, which wasn't my tool of the week, but I'm going to stick it in here. This is his website, the guy that I ordered it from. So it's really cool for people who want to learn how to freehand and don't want to rely on a jig. So what it is, is it's actually, um, it's a file guide, which is what you want to get your plunge lines even and nice and crisp. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's the, the file guide. And then it also has this uh, magnetic level that you stick to the uh, file guide and you can actually adjust the angle of the, of the level. So there's these different these shims that are different degrees. You put that against your flat, your platen, and then you set the level and then, so you're actually freehanding it, but you have that, that bubble level to make sure that you're freehanding it, but you're keeping your angle. Somebody might argue that it's not freehanding, but who cares for what I, I don't really care, but, uh, but it's, if, if freehanding is your end goal, I think that is the best way to, to I found it. I've been doing a mine at like eight degrees and it is literally like on a one inch eight by eighth inch piece of metal. It is like the thing is skimming my knuckles the whole time. It's just barely touching. It's way, way um, less angle between the blade and the, in the belt than you would expect you know, what angles and stuff to, to hold your blade at. So it's been, it's been good. I usually try and do like, you know, I'll do one on the jig and then I'll try it without the level just to see how close I can get it. So okay, I, so I recommend that. It's pretty cool. I'm happy with it. So have you made, so you made that little mini cleaverish knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you made uh, more, like finished, not be treated like all the way through sharpening knives. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I have not. So I have, if you check my Instagram a while back, I made this like cool little scimitar slicer out of a uh, box end wrench. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. But so I'm waiting for a heat treating oven. I'm, I have a heat treating oven from even heat on the way that should be here before the end of the month. And so that, that one small one that I did that I put a video out on uh, that I made with the other guy, that's all he treated and tempered and everything. And we used his stuff. Shakespeare now. Uh, no, I have not. So it's probably, it, I don't, it probably didn't harden to the point of it being super brittle enough to justify tempering it since it's just going to be used for slicing tape off of boxes. I don't think stuff, you know, making more, uh, Knives that require a holding their edge or more, more chopping and stuff like that. You're, I'm definitely going to want to be tampering them. Um, and same, same goes with my, ta- my hammers that I've been making uh, the, the little, like, uh, they're like 10 ounce, 12 ounce hammers that I've been doing on my Instagram. Those are 5160 spring steel and I'm quenching them in oil. And since they're so small, I'm not really too worried about, uh, uh, tampering those. But once I get my oven, I'm going to be tempering everything, especially the larger hammers. So, okay. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Cool. What are you, what are you watching, uh, James? <laughs> uh, I was the well, since we're talking about uh, knives, uh, I was just watching Man at Arms, one of my favorite uh, channels. It's actually Awe Me is the name of the channel, but they do a, a show called Man at Arms where they make swords and other things from myth, legend, and movies. Um, and most of the time, they're they're really cool swords that are just impractical and worthless. Uh, but this year, uh, this week, they built uh, Brisinger from Aragon, which is one of my favorite book series. Um, and in the books, 
there's an entire chapter dedicated to describing the sword. Um, and so rather than making it from the movie, they decided to make it from that chapter. And it is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it is a, 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 you know, a double-edged long two-handed sword that is, oh, and the video was just, uh, it was, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> What's going to happen in like, I think in one, like one to two years, everybody on YouTube is going to be making knives. Nobody's going to be <laughs> making river tables. Like who's going to make river tables? Well, they've been making they've been making swords for I've been following them for what six or seven years. Yeah, no, they've been around for a while, but I feel like everybody's kind of <laughs> yes, everybody's wait until they come up with the, the epoxy river sword. <laughs> yeah, right. actually, <laughs> oh, uh, I was in my shop earlier and like because I've got so much <laughs> stuff going on, like I've got like twenty million projects going. Because this stock was like kind of, uh, you know, it had some checks and voids and knots and stuff in it for these pest tables, uh, I have to fill them with epoxy while they're on the lathe as I uncover them. Like I'll be turning and then all of a sudden, like, oh, there's not. Um, so I've been filling them with black epoxy. And then to the uh, live edge bench that I just made, there is, I cut off the end of a kind of a burly, knotty piece of. Uh, um, that I didn't want to put in the bench. And then I, it was this, it's probably six inches, two inches thick by five inches wide. Um, and so if I had extra epoxy, I was pouring it into this burly piece of whatever. Uh, and then I was looking at it today and I was like, oh man, this looks so cool with the black with like the swirling grain of the whatever. And then I looked at my knife grinder that I just got and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make this epoxy white oak burl knife scales or something uh and so yeah it's, there's the me version of the uh, you know epoxy river table word epoxy river sword, river sword. <laughs> that is that's like straight to the top of seo that's everything yeah. youtube i'm doing it tomorrow <laughs> looking forward yeah. to that. So do you have yeah. it uh, like a heat treating oven or are you going to go the to the toaster route or uh, I'm going to go my kitchen oven. Well, one of my kitchen, I have two kitchen ovens. Um, nice. Probably the, probably the electric. Oven. So I have an electric oven and a gas oven. Get an external uh, or get one of the separate temperature things that you can stick in there. Cause the ones that are built into ovens aren't very accurate. Okay. And so that's why, uh, you know, I post Zach, you commented on this. I post to one of the groups on Facebook that we're all a part of, um, about pretty much, you know, like steel for dummies. Um, like what's an easy knife steel to start out with that I'm going to temper at home in my kitchen oven. Um, and I think I'm going to go either 1085 or 01, but I like, well, That's not that I'm like the most experienced on the subject, but I've I've gone through all of these. I feel like there's there's a progression of people who are getting into this stuff. Like they asked everybody asked the same questions, and I kind of decided that like uh, like 1075, 1080 is is a good you know for for edge stuff. It's pretty easy to heat treat. Same as 5160. That's also a good, pretty forgiving when it comes to that sort of stuff. So, do you know which one has nice more? Do you know which one has more? To put in um, to make it less I don't know. Uh, I would. I don't know if either of them have chromium in it. I would assume if they do, that fifty-one sixty would have more, since it's a high alloy, or it's an alloyed okay. steel instead of a ten series, uh, which is a carbon steel. So um, I would just guess that fifty-one sixty would have more um, strangeness in the alloy than you know ten seventy-five. So yeah, cool. What are you watching, Zach? 
what am I watching? I've been reading a lot because uh, I've been traveling and I like to read anyway. Oh, I didn't have, let me find the, the link to it. I had it up a minute ago. Then I started looking up respirators for you instead. I was looking up that link. James, do you know what kind of steel they used for the uh, Brisinger sword? Um, well, actually, the uh, the edge, I believe, was 5150. <laughs> uh, 5160. Um, but the, the core was made out of meteorite. Oh. Um, that's processed, cool. uh, processed meteorite, and they have a... Uh, um, a double twist, triple layered um, etch in it. Ooh, very cool. Yes. Hmm. So, so just to summarize this episode, it's like safety and swords. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we know, we get a lot of comments of people talking, telling us we talk to us about woodworking and not the other stuff. So, you know, there, there you go. Mm-hmm. Metal. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Okay, I found the link. I am, I, I was, so I kind of go back and forth. I usually read like one or two nonfiction books and then I'll like spoil myself and read something that's, I'd be ashamed of. So my, my go-tos are usually Stephen King and Dean Koontz. And I just finished uh, strange highways by Dean Koontz, but I am currently reading in addition to that, uh, that art history book that I've been reading for like two months. I'm also reading this uh it's called amusing ourselves to death it's crazy it was written in 1985 by a guy named neil postman and it's about um this is like i said 1985 and this is about how the change of shifted from being in print we were a print society for you know hundreds of years to where that's where we get our information and it's very formal and it's very intellectual and um it's expected to be accurate and then with the advent of television and stuff, how it's transformed into everything's about entertainment more so than the content. And uh, yeah, it's just really insightful. I mean, it kind of re- references Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which is essentially about how there's so much information out there that people just stop caring. And uh, it's it's interesting and terrifying at the same time. So I'm huh. about 40 pages into that one right now. Cool. Well, what's your... Uh, uh, what's your- or uh, um, tool or product of the week. Me? Yes, because you have an interesting one here. Oh, yeah. So uh, I actually have an appointment tomorrow to get my TSA pre-check. And I'm at least once a month, every month this year or so, I want to be one of those people who can, you know, be smug and walk past everybody in the airport lane. So I have my appointment tomorrow. And yeah, that's uh, that's one of mine. If that doesn't count, my other choice is Instagram, just because... Uh, you know, you like stuff that you like to look at and it's pretty inspiring sometimes to see what other people are making. So yes, it is. I have two odd choices. Hopefully that's good enough. Well, what you got, Will? Uh, my favorite tool. So I got good internet grinder in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's my favorite tool this week. Your, fit, your uh, tool of the week is a, uh, what is it? A tw- like a 26 K dial up modem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, oh, I got knocked off. Um, so uh, my favorite tool. Uh, so I was, I got that knife grinder in, and uh, I put it over in the metalworking side of my shop, and found a good place for it on my welding table because my welding table is four foot by five foot. Um, so it's a pretty sizable welding table. 
Um, and reading through the directions, it was like, you absolutely need to have this bolted down to whatever surface. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so ran through my whole shop, couldn't find eight bolts, and I was really frustrated. And so I'm uh, about to head to Lowe's, but then I uh, stopped by my grandma's house and uh, was going to raid through her garage to see if my granddad had any bolts. Uh, and then she said, go to fly. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I went to Tractor Supply, and oh my gosh, I'm never buying bolts anywhere else again. Uh, they, so instead of going to Lowe's and like finding whatever and writing down each part number and how many pieces it is, and yada, 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 all of their bolts are sold by the pound, two nineteen a pound. I got, I just started throwing stuff in a bag and I went up and I spent a dollar seventy. And yeah, so that's, that's, yeah. I remember all the hardware stores used to be like that when I was a kid. Yeah. So that's my tool of the week is tractor supply and their bolt aisle. (laughs) (laughs) I like, yeah. So pro tip, don't go to, don't buy your stuff at Lowe's. Yeah. Now I hope Lowe's doesn't try to ever sponsor me. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> cool, James. What what's your favorite? I'm going to have to go with a bread knife blade uh, that I'm using, and I'm actually making a bow knife. Um, and so, you know, you think of a knife as in the shaft and the blade are all one piece, but in this case, the blade is a separate piece from the supporting bow that comes around it, and the bow ends up being a uh, uh, it ends up basically being a fence so you can make sure that all of your bread slices are the same thickness and oh. uh, it's it's kind of a fun thing and I, I uh, you can buy a pack of them for like 30 bucks and you know make a half dozen of these and give them away as gifts they're actually a really quick and easy project so hopefully that uh, video will be coming out tomorrow Thursday yeah um, so it's a it's really kind of a, a cool little project that anyone can do in an afternoon. Hey, you guys have kids, so do you guys have Costco cards, Costco memberships? No. Okay. Well, no, I used I don't. to, but it's just oh. not worth it anymore. Okay. I had Sam's Club membership, and then Costco came to town, and everyone talked about how much better Costco was than Sam's Club. And I walked in, and it looked exactly like Sam's Club, and the prices were exactly the same. And I realized that I go to Sam's the year, and so I no I don't. <laughs> so you have a Sam's Club. Uh, no, I let that lapse because I only went once uh, a year. All right. Well, we can't get good food down here, and I was thinking maybe buying a Costco membership because I've heard their meat is good. So, anyway, this to have has nothing to do with this. Has no business being on the podcast. I just thought I would ask. <laughs> it's about making things, food. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, budget. <laughs> there's you can't buy good food down here. It's horrendous. I forgot what real like food tastes like when I was back in the Northwest. It was great. Cool. I think we have rambled on for long enough and you guys have uh, squandered a perfectly good 45 minutes of everyone's life. We are sorry for that, but at the same time, we are not. (laughs) I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can look it up at patreon.com backslash creators collective. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all here next week as will be next Thursday at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yes, not yes. 10 p.m. <laughs> 10, 10 a.m. Eastern. Cool. Well, until next time, see you later. Goodbye. Adios. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. 
We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.